Hey everyone, welcome back to Normies Like Us, where we break things down how they went from niche to normie. This week we're trying to link the fire and talking about the Dark Souls series, so buckle up, Mbasa. If only I could be so grossly incandescent. Praise the sun. Hey, praise the sun, everybody. We're here. Uh, today, I'm Mike, and I have summoned in the help of... Hi, I guess this is Sir Colin today. Uh, Sir Joe. Uh, and this is uh, Jacob the Hunter. Uh, Jacob the Peasant. <laughs> ah, he's a hunter <laughs> because he's uh, been born from blood. Uh, yeah, so today we're talking the Dark Souls series. Uh, we're kind of breaking down um, how did it get as big as it has it went from being very very niche and obscure you had to import demon souls to now it's the top selling bandai namco game everybody knows the memes get good praise the sun so basically a little setup here if you're unaware dark souls is an action rpg uh made by from software it released in 2011 it was preceded by demon souls in 2009 and then there's been two sequels dark souls 2 and dark souls 3 and also bloodborne a lovecraftian spinoff um it's known for its dark tone and um, difficult but fair gameplay. So the memes come from that it's hard. And Well, beyond that, I would say the reason we're going to be talking about it today is it is often considered the best game of all time. That is what internet culture has really adapted. You talked about meme before, but it really truly is related now as whether something is Dark Souls-like. A new video game comes out. It's it hard. It's Dark Souls-like. It's anything. This aspect of it is Dark Souls-like. Yeah. It's hard. You have to parry. Oh, uh, Breath of the Wild came out. It's Dark Souls-like. Zelda, a game that came out a billion years before Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Zelda inspired Dark Souls. Yes. I mean, let's be fair. But Z definitely Breath of the Wild wasn't inspired by certain things. from Dark Absolutely. Souls I'd agree as well. Yeah, but I mean, they're just everyone's borrowing from each other. But yeah, that's a thing now. Every game is a Dark Souls game, you know. And before that, Dark Souls couldn't describe itself. Demon Souls at the press conferences, they would be like, oh, it's kind of like Shadow of Colossus. We have these huge bosses because right. they didn't know how to talk about their own game. And now everybody talks about every game like it's Dark Souls. Yeah. It really building became a in the revolution. revolution. Yeah. It yeah. really changed a lot of things in gaming, I guess. And interesting that they related to themselves as a JRPG. Yeah. I mean, it's an action RPG, but it is an RPG. It's a Japanese RPG with western stylings and trappings right you know um but it's action rpg so it's not turn-based uh that being said i want to ask you know how you know where are you on the spectrum how deep do we go here you know have you played all the games have you played none of the games colin i think other than you mike i'm going to be our deepest dive here i would put myself at about the mid-range i've played demon souls just a little bit it's a video game that I bought for my brother originally. I read in a PlayStation magazine that it was the best game around. And I thought, he loves video games. He would love this. He ended up, of course, never touching the thing. Uh, mm. And I played only about a level with him. Uh, but then I saw that Dark Souls came out from the same company. And I thought, wow, you know, this is something I have to check out. It's a, it's a video game that I've heard so much about. Boom. Blown away. I would argue one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Just such a deep deep mythology that i loved right away loved fantasy loved all the elements of it all right joe oh i'm as normie as it gets with dark souls i have not played a single game in the series uh mostly just aware through the homies and meme uh the meme economy basically seeing praise the sun and get good and things like that posted all over the place and also just hearing it as a moniker of the dark souls of this like, basically anything that uh, seemed difficult as a normie seems like it's the Dark Souls of that. Makes sense. All right, Jacob the Hunter. Uh, yes, uh, I guess I would be somewhere between Colin and Joe's uh, level of experience with the game because I have played, I've played some of Dark Souls 1, and I've played most of Bloodborne, which uh, is my favorite. Uh, and I own Dark Souls 3 because I bought it on sale, but I actually have not played it yet. Uh but at some point, I sure I will get around to it. Um, and I know I just I wa I've watched a lot of I've watched gameplay of all of them on YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm familiar with them enough to like hold a conversation about. Uh, yeah. Bloodborne, a spinoff or how we categorize in that? 
it's not a spin-off in terms of story like it's a totally different universe and story but it takes a lot of the gameplay aspects and the level design and stuff like that so it is similar in in core gameplay aspects yeah, Bloodborne um, is made by the same company from software. The same director who directed Demon Souls and Dark Souls One was spearheading the Bloodborne operation. And Demon Souls came out first, right? So that's kind of where everything kicked off. We had Demon Souls, right? Then the Dark Souls universe, and then Bloodborne, kind of off to the side. Yeah, basically, Bloodborne became a project because uh, Demon Souls was made by From Software, and Sony didn't want to publish it. They thought it was a bad game. They thought it was too hard. They thought people weren't going to buy it. So they didn't want to even publish it. So Atlas picked it up and published it. They made a bunch of money. It broke sales records in Japan. People were importing it. And then they made Dark Souls with Bandai Namco. And Sony kind of felt bad. Like, oh, you know, we want a game too. And because they started with Demon Souls, they were like, all right, we'll throw you a bone. We'll make Bloodborne for you. And that's why it's a PlayStation exclusive. That's exactly wow. why. So they were kind of sad that they didn't publish it you know, because it became this huge breakout success. And then From Software threw him a bone and said, look, we're going to give the rights to Bandai for the Dark Souls property, but we'll make a new property for you. But arguably, there, and there is a contingent of fans that do uh, rate Bloodborne as the best of all Soulsborne games. There are. There are people that say that Bloodborne is the best, and that could be attributed to uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, the director. That was his third go. He had true, his true. beta in Demon's Souls, his alpha in Dark Souls, and then he could really push it right. on the next generation of consoles with Bloodborne. Putting everything he learned together, obviously, you're going to make the best game if it's your third try doing it. Exactly, exactly. And it wasn't tied down to the trappings of Dark Like, Dark Souls 3 gets a lot of flack for being fan servicey. Right. And Dark Souls 2 was headed up by the B team, which I like Dark yeah. Souls 2 a lot, but it wasn't Miyazaki's direction on that. So should I we like all Dark go Soul. around? Or, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, please go right ahead. Like, the at least the three of us, we could, like, kind of rate the games in, like, the order that we like them. Or like, what's your favorite Dark Souls game? That's a great you? idea. That's a good idea. Do you want to kick it off, Colin? Let's top or bottom this. Talking Dark Souls, if I had to start out, I would put Dark Souls 1 definitely at the top of my list. It is what I would consider a perfect game. Beating that game, one of the highest achievements of video gameplay in my life. And you know, as a normie, how long did it take you to get through a game start to finish, like hour-wise? All right, so picture this, Joe. I'm buying that game. I'm not beating it till two years later. Oh my God. I am not kidding when yeah. I'm saying that. And I'm talking playing every weekend at least. I'm also talking periods where I'm taking months off in absolute frustration and saying to my friends, I do not like that video game anymore. Yeah, I quit Dark Souls 1 the first time I played it. I played about 45 minutes and I was like, uh, it's not really for me. And I didn't come back to it for like maybe a year. The good old fashioned rage quit. <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah, it was the first boss, or not the first boss, but the second boss in Dark Souls 1. Ooh, you're talking didn't get past him. the Taurus Taurus Demon. Demon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. For some reason, he was really fucking with me. And then I just uh, didn't play it for a year, but then I picked it back up. Did you figure out how to cheese him? Yeah, and I figured you could drop down on him. Yeah, see, they teach you see, that. See, there we yeah. go. You learn through experience, and that's exactly that old-school-style gameplay that I kind of miss, you know, yeah. searching out the, the tips and tricks of how to beat it. Right. Hey, um, Jacob, and what's your favorite? Um, so, personally, I mean, I've only played Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne, uh, but I've watched gameplay of them all. Um, I do like Bloodborne the best. Um, I just like the the more aggressive, faster-paced action uh gameplay style and i like i mean in dark souls in dark souls usually you have a, a shield and it's shield first then attack that kind of thing or yeah. or that or roll whereas bloodborne is a lot more rolling there's a lot more attacking first and then also if you get hit you can attack to recover your damage and so it's much more offensively uh, uh minded minded yeah so would you say that is more of an action game than dark souls well, or? At, at the end of the uh at the core gameplay they're very similar it's just a little more aggressive, a little more attack first, whereas uh, Dark Souls, it's more steady, wait for your opening, and then attack. God, I love that differentiation. And we'll get into styles of gameplay later, yeah. but uh, that's so funny that you talk about using the shield in the left hand. You know, I was sort of a dual wielder myself, uh, going charging uh, head first. Guns a-blazing. That feels right. like a, a second playthrough kind of thing. A lot of yeah, people were definitely bit. sword and board, I think, early on. Yeah. Um, I rank uh, Dark Souls 1 as the best. Dark Souls 1 is the Smash Brothers melee of the series because the beta is Demon Souls. It has some rough edges, but yeah, it, absolutely. it lays the foundation. And then it's perfected to some people's you know, perspective in Dark Souls. Like That's the sweet spot. That's the right. recipe. And there's people who love melee and nothing after that. Um, even though there might be arguments to be made that there's better versions. So Dark Souls 1, Demon Souls, 
Dark Souls 2, 3, then Bloodborne's not at the bottom. Bloodborne's after Demon Souls. Um, Dark Souls 3 is at the bottom. So for you, Bloodborne is kind of just like off to the side then. You don't really consider it as close to the other ones? It's just, it's it's themes or not. Like, I, I prefer the dark fantasy to the Lovecraftian stuff. It plays amazingly. Like, it's great. It's just... Yeah. Um, See, I love the aesthetics of Bloodborne, too, yeah. over the Dark Souls aesthetics, although I like them both. That's what it comes down to, is what aesthetic do you prefer, yeah. really? They, they, they play... They, one game of the year, I mean, Dark Souls was game of the year, and Bloodborne was game of the year, because they came out a right. year after each other. They're so, both good, too. Wow, so they were running the gauntlet there for a minute, just had it on lockdown. Mm-hmm. From Software went from being this weird boutique company, you know, they were doing Armored Core robot games and stuff. And now they're like a juggernaut because of the success of Dark Souls. So they truly went from a niche developer to a normie developer just from the series. Well, that's great. And I love those takes. Joe, uh, a little different one. We'll tease this out, but something something coming up at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have my first experience with a Dark Souls game. Uh, actually getting the controller in my hand. I've seen gameplay on YouTube and, and Let's Plays and things like that but also sitting on the couch watching you play through Dark Souls. And uh, it never seemed like something I really wanted to do ah. because I didn't want to lose the controller and the TV by throwing one through the other. But uh, I'm excited and a little nervous. To, well, let's to hope by the end it. of this that you'll end up ranking this as one of your favorites, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to briefly uh, mention, you know, when I, my first experience with Dark Souls, um, basically I uh, broke my foot skateboarding. And I couldn't, you know, do much outside of the house. So my cousin mailed me Dark Souls 1 and 2, the games. He's like, play these. And they're wow. so difficult. So I played yeah. Dark Souls 1, got to the Taurus Demon, said, fuck this. Uh-huh. Took it out, put Dark Souls 2 in and started playing it. And it took me like 170 hours to beat it. Because Dark Souls 2 is the only game where the enemies despawn. Right. So I could just slowly kill one enemy at a time and eventually get to the boss, you know, even if I was terrible. Ended up being a bit of a lifesaver, though, for you. Yeah, definitely changed my life. So that one goes through easier. Dark Souls 2 gets easier as you go, and the other ones, I mean, don't they get more difficult? Well, I think uh, Dark Souls 2, from gameplay that I've seen, I think it's my least favorite because of that aspect. Because part of Dark Souls is that you can go through levels and grind for souls, you know, and grind for blood and bloodborne because that can help you level up if you're a little bit behind where you need to be to face the next boss oh so that really brings in the rpg elements do yeah. you guys play a lot of other rpgs i've only played a handful of I rpgs do, yeah. yeah i'm a big rpg player i grew up playing final fantasy games suicode and all those playstation one rpgs you know breath of fire all that color Final Fantasy, anything like that. But I got to agree with Jacob here. You know, Dark Souls 2, Mike, I was surprised to hear that number three is on your shit list. Uh, For me, it's Dark Souls 2. Always kind of just felt like a second chapter opposed to a new book. Um, I feel like, for me, I like that Dark Souls 2 is not related to Dark Souls 1 at all. Like, it feels removed enough. Like, you could change its name to Cursed Souls or something, and it could be a completely separate, almost a blood-blown split. Because that's not following the same exact story that you see expanded on in Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3. No, it's the same universe, but it's like thousands of years later, kingdoms built on top of kingdoms over and over and over. Right. So, Whereas 3 is more of a direct, direct sequel to 1. Yeah, a little more lord and myth. Yeah, it's like Lord Ren. As a normie, the uh, the mythos of the universe just seemed so expansive. It's like, How dense, did you guys right? get into the world you want to tackle this, Colin? Yeah, I would say just through playing that game, you know, you get so curious. It's a game that is so um, punishingly difficult, as we've mentioned before, but also in how it tells its story, which is primarily a narrative that is told in the background. You know, you don't get a lot of direct character interactions. You get stories told through item usage and purchasing and uh, more of a background of the characters just by uh, reading the, the, the world around them. Yeah, and there's almost no cutscenes. There's an opening cutscene and then a little intro when a boss comes out. That's it. There's no story right, cutscenes right. or anything. So how does the world building happen then? If you're not seeing it played through cinematics, is it just like discovery in gameplay? Or yeah, it's kind of fascinating the naturalism that it takes. Uh, you know, again, if we were sort of dropped down into one of these worlds, you wouldn't get all the answers that we would want. If you were the chosen undead, you know, rising up in in, in an afterlife to reignite the fire and the flame, you know, you wouldn't know any of that. We do as outsiders from reading and obsessively following on the internet, but. Uh, I think the beauty of the game is that you're just thrown into it. Yeah, and I have to say, like when I first played Dark Souls or Dark Souls One, 
just based off the intro cutscene and then getting thrown in, I did not understand the story at all. I was like, I do not know what's going on. I'm just playing this game. Same thing with Bloodborne. Like the story in Bloodborne really makes no sense, and it's like what? And then I think you, that one one ending that you can have in Bloodborne, you get like turned into a squid. And oh, uh, I did not know that. <laughs> I believe that's the true ending. You yeah, become like a moon that's the squid good baby. That is oh, very okay. like HP <laughs> Lovecrafty. Absolutely. That game is pure Lovecraft. All the influences for Bloodborne. But yeah. one thing that Bloodborne does that is cool is there's certain doors in the city you can that will have a light on. You can go up to them, and someone will talk to you through the door, and it adds a little bit of extra story to the game. It's pretty interesting. See, not really that much in Dark Souls like that. So you're getting context built in through gameplay. Then it's all diegetic. Oh, definitely. Wow. Like, there's not even really a, a true tutorial. Yeah. Like, you just have to kind of learn. Well, in Dark Souls 1, there is a, a tutorial right in the beginning, but. But it's still taught to you through experience. Like, you yeah. start out, and there's a non hostile enemy, and you get a weapon. So you can attack him without risk. And then you pick up a shield. At the end of the hallway is an archer shooting an arrow. Like, oh, block the arrow with the shield we gave you. Like, they're trying to, like, do it organically. And that's a hey, game figure where. Figure it out, dummy. Yeah, here you go. And literally, 20 steps later, you're fighting your first boss. And he kills you, and then you can learn, oh, maybe I should run away, and there's an open door. Right. Oh, that's such a great opening to Dark Souls 1. Yeah. I did like that a lot. It's, it's one of the best tutorial areas in games. Then, if I can transition quickly to Firelink Shrine, you, get, you kill the Asylum Demon, you get to the hub area. This is the area where it's your home base. You have your merchants, your NPCs, anybody you meet in the world, they go back there. And from this point, you can go anywhere you want, to any of right. the other branching paths, so... Uh, the crestfallen warrior, he's a real bummer, right? He's telling you, this world sucks, you know? Oh, hey, you're another one of the chosen undead. Well, good luck. You can ring a bell. And they tell you there's two places you can go. You can go up or down. Right. So you just have all these branching paths, and you can go any way you want. It's just more difficult in certain directions. And when I when I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time, I made the classic mistake of going down into the graveyard with the skeletons and then trying to fight those skeletons for like two hours. And I'm like... Why can I not? Why are these guys so strong? Why do I keep dying? I don't know why your initial reaction would be to go to a graveyard with skeletons. <laughs> well, they like, kind of—they look like to... normal, just uh, normal guys that you would have to fight on along the way. They don't look special very at all. But uh, yeah, see, that's so funny that you say classic mistake. I thought you were going to say attacking the first guy that you come across. That was my rookie move. Uh, I really tried to play sort of a solo alone version of the game at first. Did not realize how much collaboration in the game you truly need to survive. Mm. Yeah, and actually, let me touch on the skeletons, and I want to talk about co um, cooperation. Like most games, look at Castlevania. You're fighting skeletons early on. Right. So you go The to, weakest. Yeah, yeah, you go to where there's skeleton guys. Like, oh, I can do this. They look like and, normal enemies. And they kick your ass. They're yeah. like, I should be able to beat skeletons, right? <laughs> Even if like, you fight skeletons, it's not that hard. And they'll wreck you. And the game is just like, if you push against that wall, you might break through it. Or you can just go up another path. And right. that's... And just level up before you... Then before the you easier path yeah. is to go up, right? But like, it's like skeletons... They're not easy in this. Yeah. Like, even then, they're subverting your gamer expectation. Um, and back to the difficulty and the cooperation, like, there's no difficulty choice. There's no easy, hard, but it's built into the game. Right. So if you're a melee build, the game is tuned to melee. It's going to be difficult for that. But if you're a mage, it's going to be easier. And um, if you want, can't beat a boss, you can summon in another player to help you. Right. Or summon in an NPC. So they give you ways to adjust your difficulty in-game, you know, as opposed to a Switch. And I think that's really cool. So again, it's all coming, like, organically. It's not ABC. It's kind of through your own experience. The systems are set up, too. If you want to take, it, if you want to take advantage of a system to make it easier, do it. There's no shame in that. Some players will say, oh, you shouldn't bring help ever. Do it solo. Those are the elitists. But whatever gets you through and whatever is fun for you, you should do. And they put all that in there. To give the player that choice if it's too hard you can right. find another way and even the use of notes on the ground and stuff that can give you hints and stuff and people can like troll people and stuff. oh, those oh are i classic. love that part of the game <laughs> did you have a favorite like what what did you ever get got like what oh absolutely i, I have fallen for so joe just to give you a little hint here yeah in the game dark souls uh one of the multiplayer aspects of it is you can get a crystal an orange stone that allows you to write very short messages whatever you want that other players can see one of the number one trolls absolutely that I've ever fallen for is people saying jump here by cliffs that just you would assume lead you to secret treasures or special items. Nope, just kills you. Yeah, I'd be on the ground right by cliff. It'll say try jumping treasure ahead. And like it's they make it with these um, just like 
parts of speech that have nouns, verbs, and stuff. So you just kind of Lego together these phrases. But yeah, I, try jumping always got me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the people always did troll messages too. Like you get outside of Guinevere, she's like one of the NPCs, and it says "Great chest ahead." <laughs> Demon Souls had Classic. sticky white stuff in it. Yeah. You know, like make your weapon magical. It's like you get it from spiders, but you know they put by the NPCs. Try sticky white stuff. Attack from rear. <laughs> All this dumb shit in the message system. Uh, <laughs> but that's another thing that this game really pioneered is this um, asymmetrical multiplayer. Like, it's yeah. always multiplayer, but it's also always not multiplayer. Yes, that's very challenging uh, the first time you play the game to sort of understand that stance that it takes. Yeah. Is it almost like bringing in elements of, like, MMO into the RPG, where it's, like, a big world with other players, or...? It's usually you're only uh, with, like, one or two other players, right, at, at a time. So to connect it to that difficulty thing that I said, so when you die, your health is decreasing, right? And you can use an item called a humanity... To give yourself more health and when you do that when you are human you can bring other players in to help you but you're also opening yourself up for other players to come in and kill right, you right so if you want to make it easier or have more health you're also opening up the door for this pvp realm where people can come attack you in which case you get somebody to help protect you you know that is a big element of the game it's called invading uh my issue with it is you see a lot of game breakers a lot of people who come in coded out maxed out with crazy stats and unfortunately i've seen this posted in the subreddit a lot that people will bust in on their runs sort of ruin the game for players because it really sort of resets and punishes you uh, pretty severely in this game for that sort of gameplay that's true do you think there should be like an option to like turn it off if oh i would love that personally Well, it doesn't seem like the game wants to give you a lot of options. They want you to experience it as is. To turn it off, you just don't be human. Like, don't look. That's such a challenge in the gameplay itself. It affects other aspects of the gameplay, right? Only if you set that in your mind. (laughs) Look at full health as a buff. That's not your stat. Your what Dark Souls has done to you, Mike? He says, lower your standards, (laughs) and it'll be fine. Or just get good. Get good. Just look at half of your health bar is full. All your health. The health right. bar is not half empty. It's all full. Yeah. What if video just game optimist, you, people? Uh, but yeah, the the system where you get invaded, like that's crazy. The first time, like you're trying to get to a boss. You're trying to get to a boss. Right. And then this guy comes with N-level gear and just wrecks you. And that's a big problem. Uh, the toxic part of the community just griefs low-level players yeah. in the early areas. That Personally, is I would like yeah. an option to just turn it off and not... And if you just want to play offline single player, you can play the game in offline mode. Yeah. Do you think the community is kind of rejecting how normy the game has become? I mean, it's about to get a remaster, right? Joe, that's a really interesting question. Uh, And we're already sort of seeing some negative reaction online to that game before it's released, just based on stats and other mining that uh, fans have done. I would say yes. I would say that is a direct reaction to how standardized the game is becoming. Yeah, I mean, part of that too, like the early level griefing, like the community itself is gatekeeping itself. Like they want casuals, filthy casuals to get out. And that's why you have some of these players who are trying to make it difficult for new players to get into it. And then the remaster, hopefully we don't see a lot of that because there's going to be a lot of new players jumping in. Yeah, that's a bummer. Like, I I think, you know, the the bigger a community is that likes a game, the better, you know? Everyone should be able to enjoy a game. I don't want to shit all over invading, though. I have had players help me out, take on uh, different bosses in the game. There are. um, Go ahead. Have you met anyone that you've like continued to talk to through the game? Or no, unfortunately not. With you cannot. You cannot talk to them. There's no voice chat. Yeah, very true. All you have is gestures. That's why the (laughs) praise the sun. Praise Praise the the sun, sun and we're all doing it right now, listeners. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) but there's some fun ones. There's some good people like. Uh, a red invader is an enemy who wants to kill you. You can also bring in a white phantom who will help you, right? Right. Um, but there's guys, there was a famous Dark Souls 3 invader. He was the fashion police. Oh, whoa. And he would invade you and he would come up and look at your outfit and then he would drop a piece of gear that would look better and then just go away. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. Wow. That's and, hilarious. You know, like he wouldn't fight you. He would just come in. What if you try to fight him though? He, he would probably... Blackstone out. You know, he'd probably be upset. <laughs> yeah. He'd not That's really figure. funny. That's a good use of that. I wish there that is more a great like meme. Like yeah. I keep drinking fucking juice, man. I'm a thirsty boy. Right? You use up all your juice? 
Oh, they just keep reforming. What the fuck am I doing? I gotta get out of here. Uh -oh. oh no! Oh, I learned my lesson, but too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Dark Souls. Well, I learned. I did learn my lesson, so I know what to do next time. To talk about the difficulty of the game even further, some gestures can only be unlocked with certain packs in the game where you're uh, deciding what direction you want to go inside the game. So that limits your communication even further. That's right. You're talking Covenant system? That's right. Talking about Covenants. Yeah. All right. So Covenants, that's another part of this PvP where, let's say, um, the Dark Moons or the Forest Protectors, right? You join a Covenant, which is basically a faction. And then if somebody is engaged in combat in that area you can be brought in like if you're a blue sentinel you're basically the police in dark souls 2 you're the good guys so someone can summon you to get help and you like go and fight their invader for them and you help them out you're a good guy so you'll get pulled into situations by joining these covenants it'll proc automatically and you'll like enter into somebody else's game world to help them or or defeat them so do you guys have invader personalities or types that you like to play are I have you? helped people out. I will be honest about that. I, I like to be a good guy. Wow, what a good spirit. Yeah, when, I, when I've been hitting my head against the wall for a boss for a while, and I finally beat it, I will lay my sign down and try to help people get past it, too. Because like I just had a tough time. So have, I wanna... you, have you ever invaded someone to attack them? I do not invade people. It's just not my character. Right. But I don't think there's anything wrong Colin? with it. I'm proud like... to say, no, I have <laughs> not. I'm proud to say I have killed two invaders who have tried to fuck my oh, shit wow. up personally. Yeah. Who you truly, <laughs> you know, another aspect of the game that you don't realize, it locks you into the area that you are at. You right. cannot escape when the invader's there. It can it happen at does, any time. At playing. any time, but it comes down to a showdown. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm proud to say I've kicked some ass. So playing a game that my understanding up until today was just a <laughs> solo game you play by yourself at any given oh, point. Yeah. Someone who's way better at the game could close down my map to close quarters <laughs> and just like like a bully take my lunch money. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yes. Just that's, take your lunch. That's money. terrifying. I hope I don't get invaded today. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really Depends on it. Just keep that half health, and no one will invade you. Just stay hollow, right. my friends. Yeah, that's like such a crazy thing. And like when Demon Souls first introduced that invasion system, and the other cool thing is you'll see the ghosts of other players. So like if you're fighting a boss you'll see the ghost of someone else like who had just fought them so you'll see like how they died or something right. yeah we talked about tutorial earlier that's almost the tutorial getting to watch these ghosts move in front of you and thinking well i just saw him get taken out maybe i should yeah be careful yeah mike you had mentioned your character before and it would go against your character uh so it, i mean at its core it is an rpg you are in a role-playing game that's true. I mean, how much does that affect the gameplay? Because I always kind of saw it more as like an action type, but I, I was kind of ignoring the, the role-playing aspects. It has all those elements. I mean, it has your strength stat, dexterity stat, intelligence, like all those classic D&D &D character sheet stats. They play into what weapons you can wield, what armor you can wear, what spells you can use, stuff like that. So. The role in class that you choose as well sort of determines uh, your progress in the game. Uh, yeah, if I could bring it back to Bloodborne for a minute. Yeah. Um, the way they do it in Bloodborne is really interesting because I think in Dark Souls there's a lot of weapon choices that you can get throughout the game and stuff, right? Whereas in Bloodborne there's fewer weapon choices. Like I think there's only like maybe 12 weapons in the base game or something like mm -hmm. that. But you can use the first weapon that you start with and just by using gems and things you can level it up as you level up. So you actually could never change, like you could play that with the same weapon the entire game and just level it up. So almost like Thor, your weapon is yeah. as attached to your character as you are. Right. Absolutely, and you're going really down cool. a path with it. That's very interesting. Uh huh. And so I like that about it too. Uh, just throw that out there. No, no, yeah. And like, did you ever get invaded when you played Bloodborne, or did you engage with that uh, system? No, I don't know. Maybe if I had it like on off offline mode or something, but I never, uh, I never did any of the invasion stuff in Bloodborne. If I can touch on another one story regarding Demon Souls in this uh, asymmetrical multiplayer, there's one boss, um, the old monk, and basically this boss worked where you could get summoned as a player to be the boss, so you would oh, inhabit wow. the boss, and then another cool. player would be fighting you, and you would be playing the boss character trying to defeat them ah dark souls demon souls really pushing that moral quandary yeah. on you i don't know if i want that responsibility <laughs> but it, it was cool because it's like you're playing an actual player who has their moveset plus you know magic 
it really engages you in the experience of the game. Again, like I feel like that's something I keep coming back to is Demon Souls and Dark Souls beyond just being a game seems like an experience you go through. It it is, you know, um you experience that game. You don't really play it. Like it is like an experience. Same with Bloodborne, like you're going through this world where everything is oppressive and it's up to you and your decisions and your own ability right. to persevere in the face of adversity, you know. Absolutely. Um but as far as where it's at now, the remaster's coming out. There's mixed feelings about it because from what I understand, it's like the PC is having some pushback. You heard anything about this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the the main issue, and I guess we'll we'll jump right onto that, is port versus remaster, yeah. right? Yeah, so Dark Souls 1 is the crown gem, right? And now we have a port. Potentially, it looks like a PC port to console, but... Yeah, and that's my issue, you know, as a fan, do I want to rebuy this game again? I've now played it on two different platforms, Xbox and Xbox 360. You know, do I want to get it for the Nintendo Switch and start playing Dark Souls on mobile? Uh, as we mentioned before, again, kind of the ultimate normie mobile. moment for Dark Souls <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to uh, become tied to Nintendo. Yeah, Amiibos out now. Really? The Amiibos. I didn't know that. You didn't know, uh, yeah, the remaster's coming out on Switch. Wow. And they got a Solaire Amiibo now. I mean, if you can buy a toy for it, it's pretty normal. Eh? Oh, okay. absolutely. That's true. Did you but, say they're doing Dark Souls on mobile? Twitch, or Switch. Switch. Just that you can mobile. go anywhere with the Switch. Oh, I, I, mean. see, I see. Dark Souls mobile. Which it has no save or pause feature. I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again, you know, and it seems like if you were moving in and out of Wi-Fi and other internet access, I, I, I just don't know how that is going to work. Wait, you're telling me you cannot pause oh yeah there's no pause the button. game sorry uh if you thought that you had regular video game um concessions <laughs> you do not yeah right? i guess i really should have dropped that from the top of the episode yeah even when you're like let's say you're in combat and you want to switch to a different weapon that enemy's still attacking you you're yeah, in you the inventory yeah you, you gotta deal with that now so later there's not going to be a pause in asking how i do something <laughs> no no uh, nope get ready the game will just give you instantaneous feedback that you did it wrong that's kind of how it works isn't that how life is, trial and error? It is. I told my cousin, because it's like skateboarding, you know, you fuck up the trick, you fuck it up, you fuck it up, and you land it, and then you want to do something harder, because you just succeeded. That's right. how this game is. You just fuck it up, and you fuck it up, and you fuck it up, and then you beat the boss, and then you're like, well, what's next? Right. Like, you feel so good, and then you want that next high, that next challenge. What else you got? Yeah. Well, let's agree on this, though, at least. The future of Dark Souls is not grim as far as the video game aspect, because even if this is just a port and uh, people will be playing the same old game, it'll be new people playing that game. And that popularity for Dark Souls is just going to grow and grow. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No. Uh, I was just going to say, knowing nothing about news or anything, uh, what are the plans for like future sequels or anything? That's a good question, actually. Do you know anything about this? Or? I don't. Please hit me. So... Um, Miyazaki said Dark Souls 3 is the end of Dark Souls the series, right? Oh, I did not know that. That's kind of killer. That's what he said. But lately, he's also released a statement that says, I can't control what my, um, you know, what the, what the people who come after me do. Like, I can't stop them from making another Souls game. Right. So really what he's saying is he's done after Dark Souls 3. That's what he's saying. Uh, but it's kind of probably going to keep going. Yeah. And let me give you a quick Miyazaki background. He started in the video game industry when he was about 30. He was working uh, as a like tech developer for Oracle in the States, you know? So he never made any games. He started when he was 30 and he heard about Demon Souls. He loved Western fantasy and he knew that From Software was going to make a fantasy game uh, to compete with um, Oblivion and Skyrim. Skyrim was huge, right? So it was like, we're going to have a Western style RPG, but the company was kind of abandoning it. So he's like, if I can get this, even if I fail, no one will care. The game's already a failure. That's when he made Demon Souls. So he went from being a no-experienced guy making Demon Souls to Dark Souls, and now he is the president of From Software. Wow, that was a hell of a gamble he took. Yeah. Real rags to riches there. Real rags to riches. Yeah. So, yeah, he does not have the same time to focus on just Dark Souls. He's running the entire company. So um, it makes sense that he is done, but he's not limiting the right. scope of From Software doing more. Well, and do you think that they could use similar gameplay aspects and stuff in in other games by from software that could be set in different worlds uh but would be similar to the, the souls born like dark souls style. set in space Ooh, i would love that act space souls huh space souls or or uh just you know anything else just not connected to dark Souls, but similar to bloodborne you know yeah like that victorian yeah, dark they could setting. do that or yeah, they could HP do anything Lovecraft you know any kind of setting i 
I feel like even if they don't make more Dark Souls games, the gameplay aspects could live on. Yeah, because those have even been spun off to many other games are copying right. it. They have a game coming out. They're teasing Shadows Die Twice. They had a 40-second uh, teaser. It looks like this bone mechanism with a rope tied around it. There's some Japanese script in the back. And Wow, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, we'll show you the trailer. Um, they just had that one image, and it says Shadows Die Twice. People are speculating because From Software had the rights to the Tenchu series, and that was a line from the Tenchu game, oh. Ninjas or Shadows, Shadows Die Twice. There's like also a demon influence on some of those games that maybe it will be a new Tenchu game. So I could see a ninja version of Dark Souls. That would be cool. Interesting. Sure, and you mentioned Armored Core earlier. That was a video game series I was a big fan of as a kid. It was essentially uh, customizable robots battling each other and had a great story mode as well. I I would really love to see a resurrection of that series as well. With E3 right around the corner, are there any actual predictions you think we're going to see during their presentation here's what i'll say uh we've talked a little bit about rivalries on this podcast marvel versus dc here's a big one we haven't touched on xbox versus playstation i have seen a ton of playstation fans clamoring saying they're going to get the best exclusives and one of the ones that they want is bloodborne 2 yes i think for sure that is something we're going to hear about yeah, PlayStation does have the best exclusives. I have to agree with that. Uh, not what I'm saying. Not here to start that fight. <laughs> oh, I'll jump on that bandwagon, though. They are getting Spider-Man PS4 this year. Oh, so fair maybe enough. Maybe they do. Yeah. Um, but I would love a Bloodborne 2. I think that would be great. I don't know if that will happen, but that would be great. There's a Reddit user who is uh, claiming to be an insider um, with E3. It's coming up this summer, right? And he's saying that he knows what from software is going to announce wow um everyone's asking about shadows die twice he says they're going to do a presentation on it he won't say what it is people are saying is it bloodborne he claims it is not bloodborne 2 but that doesn't mean there will never be bloodborne 2 i think they would definitely make that it was game of the year yeah but for this e3 we'll definitely learn about shadows die twice and uh armored core is also in the works a new armored core game wow i didn't know that yeah they promised sony that they would get i think three or four exclusive titles i think armored core is going to be one of those bloodborne was the first maybe a sequel to bloodborne and shadows die twice and shadows very die cool, twice which cool. i will be on the lookout for yeah, i'm I'll sure as well well with e3 you know it's a uh, june 12th through the 14th so it's right around the corner here true we'll see what they actually announce yeah yeah it's going to be exciting e3 it's actually for uh from software fans for sure all right, well, that's talking Dark Souls. As far as video games go, let's jump in on the movie side of things. Let's do it. Oh, that's my dead body. So you can pick up your bloodstain, and if you have souls, you that was bad. Yeah, you know, your spirit. See you, fuckers. Uh, B? Is that wrong? What's the button? Hold down maybe A or maybe B. Sort of not a PlayStation Oh, no. Oh, shit, oh, dog. Oh, these guys just stop me. <laughs> oh, my God, there's so many of them. <laughs> I died already. (laughs) What the fuck? So we were talking the video game Dark Souls. Let's go ahead and look at it from another angle. Let's talk about Dark Souls as a movie. Yeah, there is no Dark Souls movie right now. Ooh, bummer. There is a movie called Dark Souls, though. Came out the same year as the game. Oh, is that true? Yeah, from Norway. Both 2011, both named Dark Souls, but they are not related at all. Mm, to great. be fair, Dark Souls is kind of like the perfect, oh, is that a horror movie? Is that a fantasy movie? There's I don't some, know, I'm clicking it. There's some really bad trivia with the Dark Souls name, too. Because they, um, you know, it was Demon Souls originally. So they were trying to come up with a new name. And, you know, in Japan, you know, being trying to translate stuff directly to English, they wanted to do Dark Race, which is Ooh, terrible. <laughs> they also <laughs> wanted to do Dark Ring, which is uh, slang for like asshole in English, <laughs> like in Britain. So Dark Souls is much better than those. Um, but yeah. You can't call the game asshole. That's not going to play. No, no, no. No, I it, could see maybe a police procedural Dark Souls maybe, but no, I don't know. <laughs> doom, doom. That's doom, true. Doom. These are their stories. Yeah, I don't know. Hundreds of thousands of souls are lost every day. These are their stories. But, you know, let's talk about... In Orlando, uh, 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. We should make that. Dun. Don't steal the series ideas. <laughs> Cop- copyright. 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 Like us. Dick Wolf, don't listen to this. So video game movies, right? There's not a lot of good ones. The only good one that I can think of is Double Dragon. I love Double Dragon, but I also love Super Mario Brothers. Okay, Okay, well, Joe, would you go on? Now, I'm going to count that as a joke, Mike, but Joe, would you say maybe that's your favorite video game movie adaptation, Super Mario Brothers? (laughs) Absolutely. I will 100% stand by that. Uh, As an adaptation, obviously, it's nothing like it. But as a pop culture joke... Bob Hoskins and John Lugazama fighting Dennis Hopper 
in a, uh, I guess, sci-fi or like cyberpunk yeah. universe where they are plumbers. I and Dennis paper? Hopper is not playing Bowser. He's playing King Koopa, right? Yeah, he's something. Not no, no, no. Bowser. He's playing Bowser, and oh, he really? transforms into an actual dinosaur. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to darken its name because <laughs> All right. if, if you're looking for a sequel to that movie, I'm down to write it. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, there's no games that have been made from Dark Souls, but how do you do it? I mean. Bloodborne actually has some influence from a movie called Brotherhood of the Wolf. Have any of you guys seen that movie? Oh, no, Ooh, French film. Actually, I have no. seen that. Yeah. If you look at the cover art for Brotherhood of the Wolf, their hats are A1 on oh. point, exactly like the Bloodborne Hunter's hat. They got the high yeah. uh, collar covering muffle, their mouth. I believe it's I'm called. into that. Yep. And they got this, um, somebody came back from Africa with a lion and like this beast and they put a bunch of crazy armor on it and it's this beast that's Whoa. terrorizing this village and these guys are there to kill the monster they're hunting a monster it's very bloodborne huh. um, brotherhood of the wolf that's cool yeah bloodborne seems like it would be a little more accessible to a general audience just buying into that kind of hp lovecraft uh, van helsing sure, almost yeah. esque hellboy type character hellboy yeah yeah then yeah. dark souls which is a lot more of like you called it earlier low fantasy yeah it's Ooh, almost I like that yeah like game of thrones is almost low fantasy it has dragons right. but like it doesn't have really ex- ex- exceeding amounts of magic and stuff. It's very gritty and like rooted, you know, high fantasy is like Lord of the Rings with elves and stuff like that. Sure. But yeah. what I will give game of Thrones to its credit, it does have what I would call filthy magic, you know, a little bit of that blood, a little bit of that grittier looking mm-hmm. dirty yeah, magic, right? Magic mm. Yeah. Almost does feel like a the great dark thing souls. about game of Thrones, not to get too off subject, but no. uh, it's a world where magic used to exist, but hasn't existed for like, hundreds of years but is now slowly coming back into the world and i think that's kind of uh, an interesting uh, take on it so you see that a lot as a trope though i mean like star wars with the jedi and the force you yeah know, coming back with luke where it's been gone for a long time right all right well i'm just going to jump on the biggest obstacle here if you're making a dark souls movie right the problem with movies is they require a story and dark souls has a very obtuse story it's hard to understand it's hard to tell what is the story from what perspective you know the character the player character the story is you die a lot until you know you link the flame that's interesting as a viewer as a fan what would you want the story to fill in uh i would say you just brought up a very interesting point you know a live die repeat aspect right Right. you've got a a character you can hold on to who who maybe is coming back and forth several times you think you would spin that into the movie itself oh i definitely would i think that's That's a huge part of playing if you did not fans would go crazy it has to be i never thought about Actually, I just thought about you know making it as a straight adaptation of whatever the story. See, was. See, I think that might uh, fall a little bit too much into the Warcraft realm, where true, where true. you know that's a bad video game adaptation, in my opinion, where you're really losing the magic of what the video game gives you. Right. To make a good video game movie, I feel like you have to acknowledge that it comes from a video game and bring in some of those elements uh-huh. through storytelling. Like the idea of live, die, repeat is uh, pretty on par for what. Yeah, you'd that's. Expect. I was thinking that too. That's the. That's the vehicle, right? Like, if you have a character who is continually dying, you're going to, like, fight the same boss character, right? They're going to encounter it, die, and then, like, you know, they're they're alive, but, like, they're injured, or, like, they have this psychological effect of, like, why do I have to keep doing this? Like, you would have to play it like that. There's also in Dark Souls 2 a big theme of, like, almost uh, dementia. Like, mm, people, I love that. people die and come back to life so many times, they slowly lose their memories, lose their purpose. Why They're fading away, their souls are fading Their away. mind's fading, their soul's fading away. Why am I here, right? And that's, you could play with that. You know, what is my purpose? Trying to be reminded why are they pursuing this quest at all? So you guys are kind of describing like Memento meets Live, Die, Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow, whatever that Tom Cruise movie is. Set called. to Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, set in the Game of Thrones world. That's well, a pretty good recipe. Let me, let me establish an aesthetic with you guys real quick. Let me ask you this. Are you talking live action... Are you talking sort of a CGI hybrid like we've seen with the video game adaptation before? Uh, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, a kind of panned film. Or how about an animated movie? I'm personally kind of seeing a Miyazaki-esque. I mean, maybe not Miyazaki, but Berserk, the manga, you know, which heavily inspired Dark Souls. They have an anime, right? It's super dark. You could do a Dark Souls Bloody, anime. absolutely. Right. Yeah. We've seen Castlevania turned into uh, a show like that on Netflix. Maybe yeah, that's where very, the very future of the yep. film lies. And work. I would not put it past Bandai Namco to do something like that. Um, 
That would be cool. I think um, if they want to make it like a blockbuster type movie, it would have to be live action. And if it was like a big budget type of thing. That worries me. I think that might be the biggest gamble, but I would certainly love to see that adaptation. We've seen video games fail in the past trying to do exactly that. Like, uh, remember when everyone thought Assassin's Creed was going to break the mold of I could tell that it was never going to work. Kuziel. You know, they got Michael Fassbender, a great actor. Jacob, you're a great uh, example of a Michael Fassbender fan. You were into that movie <laughs> beyond yeah, right. Assassin's Creed. How did you feel after it came out? I mean, I I didn't think it was going to be good to begin with. Like, I, I thought from the trailer, I didn't think it was going to be good. I just thought they they got a good actor to me because I, I think Michael Fassbender is a good actor, but it, it wasn't a good movie for sure. No, no, no. You were really hoping Rampage would be truer <laughs> to the source material. That's probably one of the uh, best. It's one of the best reviewed. Uh, video game movies of all time probably. but again i feel like that's coming back to what colin said earlier it matches the uh the tone where you have to kind of acknowledge it came from a video game right it's a little goofier yeah the it's story the of top, rampage yeah. big monkey he punch like yeah. they, they got that big monkey he right. do punch. well the do smart punch. thing they did is they made one of the monsters like more sympathetic so you could be like because if it was just the straight like monsters terrorizing a city, how could you sympathize with that? Yeah, you know? where's your anchor uh, point? Through the rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big meets bigger. What a tagline. <laughs> Dark meets darker. Dark Souls, the movie, right? Well, all right. So what am I hearing? I'm hearing three live actions. Uh, I would, um, I would like to see a live action Bloodborne starring Keanu Reeves. Ooh, I, I love uh, this. Hit me with this, wow. please. Pick well, me. when I made my character in Bloodborne, he looked a lot like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay, great so, reason. <laughs> John Wick chapter four. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, but like a Victorian set, like yeah, just uh do the story of uh of Bloodborne and uh yeah, I think Keanu Reeves would be a good choice. He's getting a little older, but uh, as we know, he's immortal, so I think he could do a good job, you know. So he could die and come back to life and uh yeah. match. become a moon slug. <laughs> Can yeah. I say actually get I think- addicted to the blood, you know? Can I say, I think actually Bloodborne would be the easiest adaptation of all. I can see sort of a From Hell, a Johnny Depp, you know, real grisly aesthetic right, to that. Yeah. Very would dark really cinematography. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to agree with you there, Colin. I feel like it is definitely the most accessible of uh, the series. It has familiar monsters too, like werewolves people know about. Like, yeah, you know, I've seen those. Yeah. Not well, like in the real world, less but confusing in movies. plotting. Yeah. And <laughs> as you go on in Bloodborne, you get more and more like insane and you start like seeing things you didn't see before. And there's like giant Lovecraftian creatures in the air that have been there the whole time. You just didn't have the insight to see them. It's really cool. Yeah, wow. there's this concept of um, knowledge, right? Like the more you learn about the true world, the more insane you go. Yeah. So there's a lot of characters who go crazy because they know the world as it is. They see all these monstrosities, these aldrich creatures. Yeah. To play with that in a movie would be really cool. Mm. Well, here's your sympathetic character and just what you said, Mike, the more you learn about it. How about in Dark Souls Sif, the the compatriot, the the pet to Artorias, you know, the the original knight. Yep. But Sif, guys, just so you know, is a giant wolf that you fight halfway through. Oh, now right. you you learn after battling, or maybe before if you've if you've Wikipedia, mm-hmm. that he's actually a very tragic figure, that he's sort of there against his will and he's trying to work for his master still. You know that that's exactly what you're saying. That plays with that degradation of memory. The The more you know about the world, the tougher it is. I think that's something that these games really carry over through all their narratives. Yeah, definitely. And, and another thing, too, that some of they, they touch on this idea that, like, are you a good guy? Like, is what you're doing right? Like, is linking right. the fire good for the world? Like, is it, should we continue existing even though it's shit? Or should we just end it all? Like, what is the, is the world, even if it's terrible, do we keep the world going? That's kind of what they ask you. And also, like, there's times where you're just invading what could be somebody's home. Like, I'm just killing citizens here. Like, what am I doing? And Demon Souls, there's a pit where everybody, all these, like, dead baby spirits are. And the Maiden Estrella is one of the great souls. You're supposed to kill her. And she's just down there protecting those that have been discarded by the world. Right. And you kill her. And it's like, maybe I'm not a great person. All of these seem like great little morality characters you would meet throughout either a series or a film that just kind of build the world for you through their own experiences. That's really interesting. Yeah. A backstory anime of Artorius and Seif. Oh, that I would love. That would be great. Like the, the wolf knight and his little pet wolf. They're training each. He trains his wolf to fight with a sword in his mouth. And there's like so his little cute. buddy. And then to the tragedy of Artorius, you know, RIP. And then that's it. The fox and the hound. The darker version. The darker version, yes. So here we go. We got a live-action Game of Thrones-inspired movie that uh, contains dramatic elements, that has a lived-die-repeat element, that has a memento part to it. 
uh, who you guys thinking directs this picture? Anybody? I was going to say for Bloodborne, I said Keanu Reeves to star, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, I'm loving that pick, Jacob. That's a great pick. That's a good fit, so I'll throw that out there. He could also do Dark Souls, too. I don't know who I I would get for Dark Souls specifically. but With medieval fantasy, I don't know. I'm drawing kind of a blank Peter Jackson. I want him to be. It's got to be. (laughs) He's got the horror background. Guys, let's talk about that with Frighteners. Frighteners. He's got Frighteners. Yeah, Meet Um, the Feebles, Frighteners. Um Obviously, you have the connection through Lord of the Rings and King Kong. He's yeah, done I guess this that's. Type I guess that he's I don't know the if one. He's, he's edgy enough. In yeah, that's he my fear. Is that he's, he's kind of aged out of yeah. a movie like this, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. The but, Hobbit. You know, like it's oh, so glamorized. It's so adorable. Those. Not yeah. at all like well, uh, what you'd hope for. He's got that high fantasy aesthetic. Everything elves are glowing and shimmery, right? right. I just want some dirt on everything. You know, gritty. Yeah, um, I think it would be. Should be closer to the Game of Thrones TV series tone than like something like a Lord of the Rings or like aesthetic as well. Too. Well, I'll throw it out. Here's a wild pick. This guy, Tim Miller, he's the guy who did Deadpool, right? He's about to take over the Terminator universe. I see that as a guy who can really play with genre, who might come up with some crazy imagery. Whoever it is, I want them to be a genuine fan of the series. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. I think in this world, people love this video game so much. I think you might find somebody who really does consider it their favorite who might take over this film. It's interesting that you saw someone like Duncan Jones go from a style that you think would have fit Dark Souls with Moon and Mute and, you know, a little more grounded things like that. But then he jumped to uh, the World of Warcraft movie and it just didn't have that aesthetic. Yeah, well, it was Warcraft, much more it, high fantasy. That's so true. It had a lot of world building to set up and it didn't, I don't think it told the, be- told the best story that it could have in that world. And so I think that's probably one reason why it didn't work out. Even though Duncan detriment. Jones was a big fan of Warcraft and, and uh, it didn't seem like it was really made by a, a, a like a fan that was like really invested in it. I yeah. guess. But I do think like if he hadn't have made that and he had made Dark Souls instead and the budget was a little lower, I guess maybe that's the movie I would have wanted to see. Like the guy who made Moon making Dark yeah. Souls. Yeah, we wish. Well, who knows if we'll ever see a Dark Souls movie. I'm sure we'll see some type of spinoff content. It's bigger than ever. The remaster is probably going to break some Switch or, you know, it's going to break some records. Dark Souls 3 is already the top selling game for Bandai Namco. They both won Game of the Year, Bloodborne Dark Souls 3. It's just getting bigger and bigger as we go on. So Dark Souls has a bright future, guys. It has a bright future. The souls are dark. Future is bright. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. Praise the sun. We're talking comics. Oh, I fucked that guy up. Yeah, you can lock on and then your your player will be targeting that character. Oh, these guys are bitches. Hey, try pressing Y. I think that's how you dual wield. Maybe you might like that more. Yeah. Yeah, dude, because then you just pull arm in it. Oh, oh no! shit! <laughs> B is roll. Sorry, you rolled off a cliff, dude. Oh, wow. All right, we're talking Dark Souls comics. Um, you know, what inspired Dark Souls? There's a couple manga series that inspired it, and some comics have been spun off, especially with the impending release of the remaster, which will be out by the time you hear this. Um, it's common knowledge that Dark Souls has been based uh, heavily on Berserk and also some influences from the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga and anime. And there have been a couple comics put out. The Age of Fire is the newest one. It's a prequel to Dark Souls 1, showing the Four Lords and their rise. Breath of Andalus, Legends of the Flame, Winter Spite, Tales of Ember. And they are all put out by Titan Comics. Joe, do you know anything about Titan? Titan Comics, uh, from what I know, they're like a smaller company, not exactly on the level of Image and obviously not on the level of DC or Marvel, but what they do is buy up um, the rights to some other things that you wouldn't expect to have comics, like Warhammer or Doctor Who, basically like video game, uh, TV, and like I think they have one or two movies, but I'm not sure which. Uh, But what they do then is just like kind of make these books that aren't necessarily the same. I don't know. I read through the Dark Souls ones that you'd mentioned when you told us we were going to be doing this episode, but I still didn't understand the story, guys. (laughs) Would you call it a bit of a cash grab maybe Titan's doing? Maybe, but I think there also are fans that are just like dying for any content. Oh, I think uh, that's fair. That's a very good point. I, I certainly would love to see some of that stuff. And from what you guys have said about the way the world is told, it's really open to interpretation because yeah, it's kind of just how you go through it. 
Yeah. But even reading like the issues that you had mentioned, just kind of scrolling through them, a little difficult to get my head around. I was I was struggling. Yeah, and I read a couple too, and they just feel like insert generic fantasy name here. You know, they're putting Very a couple. So. They use a couple proper nouns from the Dark Souls universe and put it on a generic fantasy comic. They're not that great people. So you don't think anything from the comics could be used to adapt into like a a show, like maybe like a show like Castlevania on Netflix or something like that. Well, these comics are um, licensed to Titan from Bandai Namco. I think it's exclusively just to try to squeeze another couple dollars out of the thing, uh, and they're not really canon. And I think you could definitely tell that just based from the the cover of the book, the the first thing, or all of the credits from the game, like the game designers and all of that oh, listed right on the comic That's book, true. which is great. I'm glad those people are getting recognition, but obviously you're not too concerned with the people who made the book as you are the people who made the game right. trying to sell the game through the book. Yeah, so you're giving all the uh, all the props to the game developers instead of the people writing the book. So it's more of a promotional material than anything. It's really. definitely a promotional it seemed material. That way, yeah. yeah, and unfortunately, like Mike mentioned, the stories themselves sort of feel almost like the Canterbury Tales, you know, like old stories dug up, adapted, uh, just thrown around any typical fantasy story that you could use. They just sort of slot right in. Uh, but I would love to talk about what you said about the manga specifically. Yeah. Berserk and uh, uh, the adaptation of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I think the clearest reflection that you see of that stuff, of that material inside Dark Souls, is the hyper masculinity of it all. You think there's a hyper masculinity element oh, in Dark Souls? <laughs> I would absolutely call it. Uh, you know, there's certainly not much of a feminine energy to Dark Souls. When women are presented, it's in a very sexual light, I would say. Was we talking Guinevere? Uh, I would say Guinevere. I would say a couple different aspects. Oh, so is that almost like like I've seen with the the Witcher game and and like the memes that they have? Or Ooh, Witcher even more a little adult, I would say. What I understand about Guinevere, obviously, all right. If you don't know who Guinevere is, you get to the end of Anne Orlando. She's chilling on her couch. She's um, endowed. Great chest ahead <laughs> are the soapstone <laughs> messages, right? Uh, apparently, the guy designed that character, and the designer of the character was like the artist was so happy with his design that Miyazaki couldn't be like, nah, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> like, it was a pity. Yeah, the guy was like, oh, I, did, I did a really good job, right, boss? And he's like, yeah. You did all right. <laughs> and they let him put it in, like, okay. you know. But, um, I mean, Guts, looking at the character from Mega, definitely like this hyper-masculinity, this... He is like unstoppable force of just rage. Well, sure, look know? at his weapon, a gigantic sword. We see that reflected in Dark Souls as well. Armor, dirt. Dark, uh, you know, brick, everything. Themes of corruption, death, right? Oh, Ornstein and Smog, two gigantic characters who are larger than life, who just appear as half demon, half monsters, but still contain masculine faces. And not to say that the the universe is uh, inappropriate to an extent. You have Gwendolyn, a character who is actually uh, transsexual or pansexual, I right. should say, interestingly. Yeah, the, the son of Gwyn raised as a daughter because he was associated with the moon, stuff like that. There's weird, like, like if you want to go to the dark, like, theming or, you know, concepts, like, look at the Executioner's Chariot of Dark Souls 2. They take these prisoners, they throw them in this arena where these demon horses and a skeleton on a chariot run them down and they come back to life for eternity. And they're just getting run over Brutal. by these horses forever. You know, that's, that's berserk as fuck. Like, you know this existence of just getting destroyed every yeah, day hell medieval fantasy hell right. on earth exactly so that comes through the strongest you can definitely tell miyazaki apparently um read a lot of western fantasy books from the library but some of the words were too difficult for him to understand at that age so he had to fill in the blanks he felt like that was some of the fun was trying to figure out the story himself wow you really see that reflected in dark souls certainly exactly so that's kind of how it gets in there so you definitely see the berserk reference and then that style of storytelling put in um yeah um jojo there's just like some characters uh tarkus there's an npc called iron tarkus there's a character in jojo called tarkus just little callbacks like that oh very cool and jojo is one of those ones where i don't even follow anime that closely but i've heard and oh there's memes and yep. all of that oh yeah i know of jojo that i've watched to be berserk continued. too i'm a big fan of berserk that's one of the best animes that i've seen for sure yeah band of the hawk griffith yeah yeah yeah, yeah i know my brother well, griffith he, i do that. like him as a character even though you know he's a 
He's, bad guy. He's a bad guy. You're, you're a little edgelord. Yeah, yeah you're, I, a little, uh, you're a little edgelord. You love the bad guys. <laughs> you know, Griffith is kind of like the Kylo Ren of Berserk. <laughs> yeah, but say. he's worse than Kylo Ren. He's way worse. He does worse things. Because he doesn't take his shirt off? Or? <laughs> he's a bad man. Not we'll enough. tell you off well, he is, He's he's a good looking guy. Though. Uh, he's a bad man. Um, so what are we hoping for the future for comics for Dark Souls? I don't need him. Ooh, Mike. Hard take. Mike <laughs> said, no thanks. Yeah, please throw it away. Drake meme. Hand yeah, up. it's not necessary. Yeah, you don't need them. Uh, you know, the game is already, it does its job. Like, I don't even think I need a movie. I would like to see them try. But for comics, it's already influenced by that stuff. Like, it lives as an amalgam of the things that influenced Miyazaki. Like, it doesn't need to become something else. Like, it's so good as is. I'll tell you, I the one thing I don't need is don't let one of the big two get a hold of Dark Souls. I don't need Marvel and I don't need DC getting its hooks into Dark Souls. That would elaborate things out a little too much. Throw it to one of the smaller publishers, IDW, Dark Horse. I think they would do it a great service. Okay, so sure. those are still pretty wide release. Like you'd like to see it on the shelves. Of oh, the absolutely. Comic book store. Boom. You know, uh, I'm not taking Mike's stance here. It's not that I want to see the mythos develop so much. Hell, let me pitch one to you right now. I think you could do a completely silent Dark Souls comic book. Just do incredibly just beautiful panels. Images. Yeah, that just tell their own story. You know, that's how you're playing the game. But still, I think uh, with a certain artistry, it could it could certainly validate itself. I think what could be cool is uh, instead of sort of like a weekly release, maybe just do like a graphic novel style where the whole uh, limited series is released as at once, and then maybe do like it like a black and white art style or something. Oh like that. wow, that would, that would be, cool. be gorgeous. So um, you're picturing something that's like really manga inspired. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, for sure. Actually, it's funny that you say that because um, while I was doing my research, I did find a fan-made comic called War of the Ancient Dragons. And it's all fan-made. It's all uh, black and white, very manga-influenced, like Jacob wow. said. But it's mostly visual. There's almost no dialogue bubbles. There's okay, some. so this is that what we're talking about. Let's point our fans in this direction. War of the Dragons. Yeah, this, it's basically telling you how um, Gwyn and his four knights, Artorius and Hawkeye, go... Karim and uh, Ornstein defeated the dragons to create the Age of Fire, the Age of Man. And so it's a prequel to Dark Souls. And sure. it's fan-made, um, and it's the art style is really good. It's only one volume right now, but it's called War of the Ancient Dragons. If you Google that with I'll Dark Souls comic, out. and we can uh, include a note on the um, show notes for you. Well, I will definitely check that out. Yeah, I got to sure. say, that sounds really enticing. Yeah, we'll drop a link in the notes for everybody. I think that's comics, though. Unless anybody has anything else to say regarding th what they would like to see. No, unfortunately, it's not seeming like Dark Souls is too normy when it comes to comics. So maybe we'll see that change in the future. The universe isn't tuned for the comic world, I don't think. Uh, well, <laughs> there's well, fans of everything. You know, yeah. hopefully, some uh, Dark Souls fan comes along, and we get to see, you know, what you were just pitching, but in stores for everybody. That's true. As long as it increases, pay them for their work. You know. Yeah, there hey. we go create some jobs here you could do side stories like the artorius sif thing that could be a comic you know or backstories of like siegmeyer like different npcs that we love solaire right treat him right stuff like that i guess you Give could their own runs all right yeah. fans let's see you creating your own if you do please send them to us that's right all right well that's a wrap for comics and we'll be wrapping it up Oh, archers! Dude! Crushing it. Joe! I didn't even know you could. That was awesome. What a great block. Thanks. I just barely yeah, tried. Take that archer out real quick. <laughs> Bam, sucker! What's that say on the Praise, Praise, Praise the sun! Praise the sun! Yeah. And he makes it to his first bonfire. We're going to call that a win, folks. Great job, Joe. Hey, thanks, oh, yeah. man. Did it. All right, so we've been talking Dark Souls from the video game to movie ideas to comics that exist and influenced it. And uh, we've had quite a journey. And I just want to quickly uh, ask everybody, um, you know, is there anything that stands out for the series for you? What, what comes to your mind when you Look, think Dark Souls? Look, here's what I want to say about Dark Souls. Why, why it's one of my favorite video games. Here's my favorite thing about it. I think Dark Souls captures that childhood video game playing feeling better than any other video game. When I'm playing a side-scroller like Mega Man and I get touched by an enemy and I die, or when I fight the boss, it's the exact same thing. You know, one touch and I'm dead. In Dark Souls, the power scaling is incredible. You know, it doesn't creep like every other video game. When you fight an enemy, 
it's the it's the most deadly fight you've ever been in, regardless if they're the weakest enemy you've seen or a boss. You know, it, it keeps that scale the entire time. And I love that it keeps that thread alive and keeps me playing it. That's great. It's a great point. For sure. Hey, Joe, all right, any final thoughts on Dark Souls? You know, having come into this completely normie, getting my first experience with my hands on a controller, as frustrating as it is, I think I'd like to explore the universe a little more. Um, the comics didn't really grab me, but, you know, the gameplay is definitely exciting. And hearing how passionate you guys are about the world you build for yourself, it's definitely enticing. So I think you guys, uh, you've sold me. As a first-timer, uh, first not getting turned off, I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. It can be, it has like a skills like floor to right. entry right? absolutely but if you can get past that it's so it's frustrating so rewarding though i yeah. agree with that and as like a mid-level uh souls player uh i do uh i agree with joe on that and i could get a little more into it i just have a lot of other games that i like to play so most of my video gaming time is taken up by that but uh bloodborne great game overall and i think i went into why it's a great game early in the podcast um and i would love to see a bloodborne 2 at some point yeah, I mean, Dark Souls, uh, most influential series to me of video games, period. It's my favorite series. Uh, like Colin said, you know, you're learning through difficulty. If you can get past that, you know, that entry threshold, once you learn how it works, it's like yeah. your brain opens up and it's like, okay. And then you can accomplish anything. You just have to work hard at it. Uh, the sure. world building is super deep. And if you haven't played it or if you've just dabbled, get into it more. Try There's it a remake out. coming out, right? It might not be for you. But it might, you yeah, might but you be might, uh, you might take a deep dive like Mike here, who's wearing a Dark Souls shirt. Dark Diver Grendel fighting the Dark Lurker. I'm, that's how deep I go. So this has been Normies Like Us. All right, and we're going to salute the sun, guys. This Praise has been Colin, Joe, Mike, and Jacob. Don't you dare go hollow. Mbasa. Bye. Praise the sun. Mm -hmm. What? You want to hear more?